Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks for listening in on another episode. Or if this is your first time stopping by, I'm grateful to have you. This podcast is all about the getting started moments, the turning points that got each guest started on a new path toward happiness, the ups and downs of the journey, how they were able to commit to a change, and all the lessons learned along the way. I hope you all enjoyed this particular episode, so let's jump right in and get it started. On this week's episode, I welcome in Sean Lake, who is the co-founder of Bubs Naturals. Sean is a former professional snowboarder who went on to join Burton Snowboards, work as Sean White's team manager, and land a spot as the director of sports marketing at DC Shoes. After decades in action sports marketing, Sean co-founded Bubs Naturals, a line of collagen peptides and other all-natural supplements named after Sean's childhood best friend, Glenn Bub Dougherty, a Navy SEAL who was killed in Benghazi, Libya on 9-11 in 2012. A devoted husband, father, and fitness fanatic, Sean is passionate about helping people feel great and do good. And I hope you all enjoy this conversation with Sean. So without further ado, please welcome in Sean Lake. I really wanted to start, I was kind of looking at, there was a few different inflection points to go into, but the one I think would be relevant for a lot of folks listening in, I know I went through a big change. Um, when I used to teach golf for a living, I was a PJ professional and then got out of the golf industry. That was a, I was known as the golf guy. Like that was my thing. Everyone knew me as. So I want to go back if we can. I think one of the, the key areas uh, doing some research here is you were a professional snowboarder, which is pretty solid. Um, I have a funny snowboarding story. I'll tell you if you ever, if you ever want to know it, but um Oh, the, just uh, lead in with that. Start, no, it's not right there. <laughs> it's the fact is, it's the fact is I've never snowboarded. I went to my, my fortune, my aunt has a house in Tahoe and all my cousins, we were growing out. This is 18 years ago. We bought, I got all the equipment. I got everything. I'm jacked up. You know, I'm 20, like, like 20 years old or something like that. Jacked up to go. We drive out there. Perfect snow, everything. The night before I injure my back and I literally could not move. So I'm sitting on, my cousins are all out skiing for three, four days straight. I'm sitting in the uh, the damn house, perfect weather out there to snow. So I've never been on the slope since. Um, so uh, that's my that's my snowboarding story. So that's not, that's, that, is, that is nothing fun about that. I am sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, but I'd like to get out there. But anyway, so obviously, you know, watching snowboarding over the years, I mean, it seems awesome. It's just like a, a cool thing anyway. So I'm, I'm wondering if you could share maybe a little bit about that experience and then ultimately why you left, when you left, and how was that mentally to get over that burden of not being a professional snowboarder? Yeah, so, so, so interesting. I fell in love with snowboarding as a teenager. Um, and, and kind of setting the stage, like I'm 50 years old. So this was in the eighties. And so in the 1980s, I was going to high school. I graduated from high school in 1989 and snowboarding and skateboarding were like these two kind of counterculture, very somewhat controversial activities in my hometown. Um, I was raised in suburban Massachusetts, a little town called Winchester. And these were the things I wanted to do. Like I fell in love with them. I wanted all the magazines. I wanted to read about it. I wanted to soak it up because um, magazines mattered back then. Yeah, um, that's right. Worth noting. And <laughs> and so when I went to college, college was an expectation, um, I, I think, for most folks. But it was like, hey, you go to college. You graduate from high school. You go to college. I 
used college as an excuse to somehow find a way to get to the mountains to snowboard. And when you're really passionate about something, when you really love something, you're going to find a way to do it. Um, and I dropped out of college to move to the mountains and chase snowboarding full time. And my parents were not happy about that, um, as you can imagine. But there was also that kind of acknowledgement like, well, he's wasting his time in college. He's not applying himself. All he wants to do is go over to this place. So mm -hmm. let him go do it, get it out of his system and figure right. it out. Well, I'm the kind of person that if I decide I want to go and do something, I really want to do it. And snowboarding was that for me. So I poured myself into it, into the culture, into the lifestyle, into the activity. And I got lucky. Um, I got sponsored to snowboard. And it took a couple of years. But all of a sudden, I'm getting free gear. And that's amazing. And like, I'll, I'll never forget like getting free fitness gear just for knowing the right guy. And I was like, this is amazing. Like I, I have to pay for shoes normally. Yeah. <laughs> so you get a free snowboard and a free pair of boots and a free pair of goggles. And it is awesome. And I got to enjoy that. And, and then that turned into, Hey, we're going to give you a photo incentive. So back then magazines were relevant. And if you had a photo in a magazine, you got paid for that, especially if you could see like the logo of the company that gave you the snowboard. And then that went to, Hey, you got a travel budget. They were, mm -hmm. were going to pay me to travel. And then you get a salary and I'll, and there wasn't much like, but when you're 24 years old and you're getting paid like a thousand bucks a month to travel around the world and, and snowboard for a living, like you think you've made it. Oh man, that's the, um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so that was my identity. Like I, I was wrapped up in this thing. Like you were the golf guy. I was the snowboarder. And, you know, like I remember going home to my 10 year high school reunion and I was a professional snowboarder and I was getting paid. Like, you know, my snowboard checks paid me. I, I got to fly back to Boston and hang out with my old homies. Mm -hmm. And it was, that's what I was known for. And of course I was doing a lot of other things, but that was the identity. And around that same time, I was also at the older end of the spectrum. So snowboarding, this was in the 1990s. So snowboarding was maturing. It had just gone to the Olympics um, mm -hmm. and it was starting to, you know, become a real sport. The X games had started to happen. And while all these sports were happening, this whole new generation was coming into the sport. And I was kind of part of this original old guard and I was getting ready to graduate from college. I was turning, I was 29 years old at that point. So I'd gone back to school. I was using my snowboard money to pay for my tuition. So it was like, so like, Hey, I can't snowboard forever. I knew that mm -hmm. I'm, I need to be able to do something else. I'm going to get a degree. I'm going to get a college degree. And I got a degree in political science. I specifically got that degree in political science because I love the traveling part of snowboarding. I love seeing other cultures and like putting yourself in different places around the world was just, it was just awesome. Yeah. So I thought, hey, if I go and join the State Department with a degree in political science, go work for the government, they're going to pay me to travel all over the world. Right. What an amazing job. I didn't know what the job would detail. I'm like, yeah. I'll carry a gun. I get to do security work. This yeah. is going to be amazing. And the snowboarder was ready to completely shed that identity. And it was interesting because I, I didn't think of it that way at the time. I just wanted the next adventure. So I was willing in my head to move on. I didn't attach myself so much 
to being a pro snowboarder that I was just a pro snowboarder for life. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all I was in my head. So I wasn't really ready to make that jump. And so I'm 29. I graduate from college and I can't take the civil service exam until like the fall, I think was when it was. So I had like this nine month gap. So I had a free season pass. I had all my gear. I'll just go ride all winter and I'll wait tables at a restaurant and, you know, just wait till I can take this, this next thing. And so I kind of had this nice ease of transition. So I called all my sponsors and I quit every one of them. I said, Hey, I'm good. Like I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the next chapter of my life. Thank you for supporting me. This has been amazing. You guys are awesome. Go give that product allocation to the next up and coming talent. And and I kind of knew it like, the writing's on the wall. There's some young kids in snowboarding that were really, really talented. So I'm like, I'm going to just move aside because I've always thought it's better to quit than to be fired. Um, That's a good point. Yeah. (laughs) Right. 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 I was like, it was time. It was time to move on. So that, that transition happened. I never lost the identity of being a snowboarder. And as it turns out, that was something that I have used in my head in, in indirect ways throughout my career. It was like, snowboarders are independent thinkers they're look at the world a little bit differently they're problem solvers like you want to do something bad enough you have to find a way to do it that applies in a lot of different areas of life and if you take the passions that you have in life and you kind of harness some of the energy around those you can use those in different areas and snowboarding absolutely did that for me so I ended up taking a job in the action sports industry. So I'm waiting to take the civil service exam and I get a phone call from a buddy who I used to snowboard with all the time. And he's like, Hey, Burton snowboards is hiring for a team manager. Have you you ever considered joining the industry side of snowboarding? I was like, no, I got this other idea going. He said, well, maybe you should think about it. You've been snowboarding your whole life and you know, all the ins and outs of how that, side runs like why wouldn't you just take a shot at it and he kind of got in my head a little bit and then he started to really get in my head he's like you know you're not a government employee you're a snowboarder like come on like you should be with your people yeah and i was like well I, you know what i'll i'll do an interview uh, I'll, I'll take the interview so i ended up interviewing for the job at burton snowboards while i'm waiting to go off in this other career path i end up getting the job as the Burton snowboards, North American team manager. And I was a fairly obscure, like I wasn't like a household name in snowboarding. Like no one knew who I was. Why do you think they hired you? What was the, did they ever tell you? Like what was the main reason they hired you? Yeah. um, Part of it was because I rode for companies that were kind of a letdown in, in some ways. Like I rode for some brands that didn't really follow through with what they were supposed to do. And I brought that into the interview. I was like, Hey, here's all the things that went wrong in my career. Mm. Here's all the times that when like I had to wait at the airport at LAX for a snowboard to be hand delivered to me to take on the trip for a photo shoot that was incredibly stressful. Like I wouldn't do that to a young kid. Um, Here's when a check didn't clear and I was supposed to get paid and it, you know, I I got kicked out of my house. so I couldn't pay rent. I wouldn't do that to a young athlete. I would, I would help them succeed. And, And I brought that, that lessens into the conversation. Um, and I think also there's a little bit of, I don't really give a fuck. Yeah. Pardon my French, but like, 
I, I didn't want, I wasn't like going for the job. Like I need this job. I, this, this job's got to be it. I had a, I had a goal and a, and a, and kind of a, a direction I was moving in. So I was able to be a little bit looser, I think a little bit more relaxed. Um, and that helped. So I would definitely use that as advice for anyone else. It's like, Hey, even though if you really, really, really want it, be confident in, in what you're going to say, because you know, like that confidence, that self-assuredness helps. Um, so I, you know, I didn't really care, but I also applied myself. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't flippant in the interview. I was very, you know, I very much applied my past lessons to, to that. And it worked like they were, they were happy with that. And they told me after the fact, they're like, yeah, you, you were the dark horse candidate for sure. Yeah. Um, but it was a great opportunity. I mean, I, I feel like working at Burton snowboards was like grad school for me. Uh, I learned so much in a very small amount of time. I wasn't there very long, but it was wild. Um, yeah. Well, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting too. Like the point you brought up, it kind of made me think of like, we're seeing this a lot more now than maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago um, around, you know, look at like NBA coaches, right? A lot of them are former players. Now they're hiring, you know, I, I, we talk about golf, right? It's like the best caddies generally were maybe mini tour or professional players themselves, but maybe just didn't have enough to make it. And you yeah. start looking like you had that experience as not only a snowboarder, but you kind of had a different perspective on the industry versus they brought in kind of, you know, a polished business professional from a university. Um, and I think that's relevant. And, that, and that's kind of, it is good advice, I think, for a lot of folks listening in. Like if you're even making a career change, look at some of the fringe opportunities that may align with your skill set you have, but not be directly in line with what you've done. Yeah. And I think that's a great point, you know, and probably why it worked out because you, you can also relate to, you know, the you know, quote unquote young kids that you were, you know, you were working with of like, Hey, I've been here and they have, yeah. I think there's that level of respect as well. Like, okay, he's done this before, you know, and, I, and I'm going to listen to him a little bit. Yeah. And snowboarding did do some of that. Like there were other riders that were kind of aging out that came into the team manager world and, you know, like when you've done it, like you, you kind of have a little street cred or you can just ride with them. Right. Like, and they, they there's a, a respect that's built into that. So it was a super fun transition. Um, and, and it was definitely sort of eased out. Like I was still a snowboarder working with snowboarders yeah. and, and that ended up like, I, you know, this career path ends up being in the action sports world. So snowboarders, surfers, skateboarding, motocross riders, BMX guys, I worked throughout all of those sports for you know 10 plus years and so did you ever take did you ever take the uh the civil service exam or whatever that's called for government i never took it i i mean it was i remember like the like i you know it was january and i started interviewing to burton by february i took the job moved to san diego and and that, that's where they wanted me they wanted me to live um on the coast so yeah. that was in 2002 20 years ago and here i am is that interesting though kind of like the and there's a couple other serendipitous moments we could talk about, but it is kind of crazy how imagine if you don't, if your friend doesn't offer that up or say, Hey, you know, they're looking for positions, you know, like you ever think about that? Like, ah, where could I be now? It's interesting. You know, it, it is. So I never, ever, I didn't have like a, a different idea of what I was going to do. I had graduated from college. I ticked this box, you know, athletically that I felt really, you know, I was happy with and I had this new kind of thing that I, I thought was really attractive, which was going to work for the State Department. And I didn't know any better. And so when the opportunity, if it did, if it hadn't come up 
it's funny to think like, would I be a 20 year veteran of the state department? Yeah. I somehow don't think so. Just given the amount of career rotation and different areas that I've been involved with and, and, and interested in. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that, that's sort of me being able to look back at this track record of like, hey, I'm going to go to college. Now I'm going to drop out of college and chase a dream. Hey, I did that dream. I saw it to its completion. I'm going to go do this one thing. Nope, you're actually going to take a left-hand turn here and, and you're going to go work in, in, in this very exciting industry marketing. And then when that chapter was done, you're going to do two other things before you land at what you do now. Well, each of those moves was done not in a terribly calculated fashion. I, I can definitely right. say like, I didn't strategically plan, as you know, right. to join the action sports industry. I, that wasn't, that wasn't in the roadmap. It ended up being the roadmap. Um, and I had a great time doing it, but it wasn't the original plan. So there has but, to be a certain amount of flexibility on what the opportunities are out there. Well, and, and you know, what's interesting too. I, I've been trying to get more in the last couple of years on the psychology side of things of like, even you and I just talking, meeting for the first time, like I'm actually just hearing 10 minutes of your story. I'm actually not even surprised you went that route. And, and what I'm getting at is I wonder, and this is, I could be totally wrong, but I wonder if like the government thing and, and getting back to school was partly almost innate. Maybe that was your, your family, parents, stuff like that of like, Hey, you got to go do something secure and get you're like, I wonder if that's part of the upbringing where you're like, well, inside, I want to do this, but really you seem like kind of a free spirit. Like you want to get out there, that entrepreneurial mindset. And that's probably what the snowboarding allowed you to do, or even being part of the action sport. They're kind of doing some creative things. I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking outside the box here, but it seemed like that appealed to you more. And that's maybe why you went down that route. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I don't think that's an incorrect statement. I mean, there's definitely the, well, the idea of doing something different, it's never, I've never been put off by that. Like I'm, I'm always up for the challenge. Um, and, and that's again, not necessarily well rehearsed, but it's more comes from more in the heart. And, you know, I was always interested in politics. I was interested in government workings. Um, even though I was a, the total counterculture person, in hindsight, I probably would have been stifled and suffered under kind of a very regimented, right. like, you know, work routine that had, you know, quite literally some heavy consequences attached to it. Uh, so it's probably best that I never went down that road. Um, a little bit of a bristling for authority, all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, but my best friend, you know, my absolute best friend in life, the guy I moved out to the mountains with, he walked away from the ski bum lifestyle at 25 when I was going back to college. We were roommates at the time, and, and he went to join the Navy and become a Navy SEAL. So it seemed attainable on, on one way because here's like my best buddy, and he went and did this thing, and my version of that is different than what he did. Um, but it seemed like, okay, I can, I can make this happen. This is a challenge yeah. in hindsight, probably really glad I didn't do that. Um, but you, you sort of learn at different chapters, what you're made of and what's a good fit. Um, so yeah, I got really lucky. Um, but it was also the right moment at the right time. And if I had said no, I maybe would have gone and served 20 years in the state department yeah. or I would have served two and gotten the hell out. Who knows? <laughs> exactly. Uh, speaking of kind of moments, and like I said, I like to talk about serendipity a lot. I, I want to go to, uh, I'm just going to jump around in your story and then we'll, we'll go 
wherever it takes us. But I want to jump to 2017 and this serendipitous coffee that seemed to happen. Yeah. Um, because, you know, maybe you and I aren't talking now, maybe if that coffee doesn't happen. So can you share a little bit about the coffee that I'm talking about? If, you, if you're referencing the same one um, yeah, so, and then, and then how it came, basically how you got there. So, so I, I, I mentioned my best friend, Glenn. So Glenn is Glenn Doherty this guy who I grew up with in Winchester, Massachusetts, who I moved to the mountains with in Utah to go be ski bums and become professional athletes with. And at 25, you know, we're having this big sit down conversation about, Hey, we can't do this forever. So we knew that there was like a point where you just can't be a snowboarder the rest of your life Uh, or for, in his case, a skier. So he decides his big challenge is I'm going to join the Navy and become a Navy SEAL. And so he goes off, driving to the recruiter. Next thing you know, he's going through basics. Next thing you know, I'm going at his buds graduation. And I'm a, you know, I'm a pro snowboarder at the time and I'm in this great lifestyle. And when I took the job with Burton, you know, fast forward five years, he's down in Coronado. So 2002, 2003, all of a sudden we're getting the band back together. Like my best buddy's right down the street. So I would drive down to Coronado and hang out. He'd drive up to Encinitas and we just, you know, we got the whole crew back together. So fast forward a couple more years and I am working out of Encinitas and Glenn retires from the Navy. So he's out of the Navy and we are, hanging out in Encinitas he buys a house in Encinitas next thing you know we're roommates again so two guys turning 40 we're both divorced and we're roommates and Glenn is just every bit a part of my life so when he was home you were thick as thieves well when Glenn got out of the Navy he started a career uh, working for the Central Intelligence Agency which is a pretty common career move to do private contracting work after a career in special forces so he'd be home for three months and then he'd deploy for three months. And he was providing security for CIA operatives, you know, doing a pretty dangerous job, Afghanistan, Iraq, Beirut, it's all over the world, different places doing different things. Um, and I've got this career path. You know, I was the marketing director at DC shoes at the time, which is part of Quicksilver. And, you know, I'd be like doing my office job and then Glenn would come home and we'd hang out together and be, you know, best ever. And, Glenn, I'm going to jump forward a little bit. Glenn was killed um, in Benghazi, Libya in, on 9-11 in 2012. So a lot of people listening to this probably remember the terrorist attacks in Benghazi, Libya. Um, that was my roommate. That was my, my best friend. Um, some of your listeners who practice the sport of the CrossFit um, probably have done the Hero Wad Glenn. So the Glenn Hero Wad I was named after Glenn. Like that's, that's my roommate. And in, you know, in Glenn's passing was this really big need and void to fill to keep Glenn's memory alive Mm -hmm. and his friends, his family and myself. So I was kind of the center of all of this because I was the executor of his estate. I was his listed next of kin on his paperwork. So I was, I was the guy who suddenly had a very serious job to do. And when Glenn died, you know, keeping his memory alive was, was, was paramount. It was, it was, it was job number one. So we started a foundation in Glenn's memory and, you know, foundations are pretty unique. Um, 
they're they're very important, I think, for all the right reasons to memorialize someone and take their legacy and kind of pay it forward. And that's what we did with Glenn. So we started the Glenn Doherty Memorial Foundation. So here I am, the action sports lifestyle guy, suddenly in the nonprofit space. And then the movie 13 Hours comes out. And like my roommate's a character in this movie. It was kind of surreal. Um, but we... By 2016 and now into that coffee in 2017, the, the kind of story arc of Benghazi had kind of peaked and started to come down a little bit. It wasn't in all the news cycles every single day. And Glenn, the foundation was up and running. And Glenn was still like, he was this larger than life personality. Like we would talk about Glenn almost every day. Like he would just get brought up in stories. Like remember when Glenn said this or you're, sort of living your life in a way that you want to level up a little bit like ah what would glenn do here oh i want to make the right decision because he would make the right decision and so in 2017 i was a little bit of a crossroads professionally um i'd had a consulting agency that i'd been a part of since 2011 um had a great run at doing a bunch of activation work for converse shoes and adidas and some other brands like had a blast I was working with Reebok um, when they were in heavy, heavy sponsor of the CrossFit games. And I had met them through all the people that I knew in CrossFit and they put me on a retainer. Like I had this awesome run in 2017 rolls up and we shuttered the agency and I was like, all right, well, there's this what's next kind of thing around that same time. My wife had bought me a jar of collagen protein, right? Like just unflavored collagen protein, she brings it home, brings home this tub and says, I need you to start taking this. You're not getting any younger and I need to preserve your old ass. And it was funny because I was 45 years old at the time and we had had our first child and she was pregnant with our second. And so I was like, well, what's this supposed to do for me? Like collagen, what the hell is that stuff? And she's like, it's supposed to be great for your connective tissue health. I'm like, okay. She's like, your joints, your joint health. Like you sound like crinkled up newspaper when you walk up a flight of stairs, this is going to make you feel better. And it's great for muscle recovery and gut health, like all the things inside of you. And she's like, also hair, skin and nails, like cosmetically, that's why all the female bloggers love it. I'm like, okay, I'll try it. Now I wasn't taking anything dietarily. I wasn't a keto guy. I wasn't a paleo guy. I was an eat healthy and workout guy. But at 45, I was pretty run down. Like I wasn't PRing my back squats anymore. I wasn't, I wasn't achieving forward results. I was kind of like treading water fitness wise. And I could feel the recovery was just harder and harder. So I was willing to try it. And, you know, my wife does her research. So I trusted her. So I start putting a scoop in my coffee every morning and about three weeks into just doing that little routine my fingernails started growing like crazy. Like I, I noticed my fingernails growing and I'm like, okay, over the years I had tried whey protein. I tried BCAAs. I've tried hydration stuff. I've tried all these different things. And I don't ever really remember anything truly working. Probably cause I didn't take things for long enough to, to, to dig into them. Um, but I was noticing something really happening with collagen. So another couple of weeks goes by, I need a haircut. And I had just gotten a haircut. And at about the two-month mark, my knees stopped hurting. And I mean, like, really, 
transformative moment when I got out of bed. And I'm like, oh my God, like my knees don't hurt. Like I feel great. And it Feeling. was, <laughs> yeah, man, it feels great. And I was like, well, I get it. It took two months, but here I am. So I started reading about it. I was like, and there wasn't a lot of info online about collagen, but I started reading about amino acids and what they do for you and what these amino acids do and why collagen, the simple single ingredient protein that's so clean, why it works. And it made, it makes sense. Like it's, it's, it's science, man. It's out there. So um, fast forward another month or so, I'm just feeling better and better and better. And my business partner comes over to the house and he wasn't my business partner. Then he's just a buddy who I would train with, but we had some work projects. We were pinging some ideas around comes over to the house. He sees the jar of collagen. Uh, his name's TJ. Like we, we own this company together now. And TJ looks at the jar of collagen on the counter. He's like, Oh, you take that stuff. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's the best ever. Like this works so well. And start talking about like how I'm lifting better. I'm moving better. I just feel great. He's like, Oh, cool. Let's start a company. And I'm like, yeah, right, man. Like I got a one-year-old behind me and you want to start a company. So I'm like, but sure, let's sit here and sip coffee and talk about what a company would look like. And it was really just an organic conversation between two buddies. And we looked at each other and said, okay, what would a collagen brand look like? And we both said at the exact same time, this is the light bulb moment for the brand. Well, whatever we do, we have to do something cool for charity. And we literally both said it like for totally different reasons. We both said, we got to do something cool for charity. All right. So the, the, the opening line isn't, Hey, we want to make a bunch of money that had nothing to do with the business plan. And what did though, was this idea of charitable. And so I looked at him, I just started laughing. I'm like, well, I know the charity it's gotta be Glenn's charity. And this is exactly the kind of product that Glenn would have taken stands for self-improvement just like glenn was always leveling up he stood for self-improvement and and glenn was always helping others so we'll create a line of products that stand for self-improvement that is always going to make someone better and as a byproduct we'll give 10 percent of all profits to military charity to glenn doherty memorial foundation and glenn's call sign in the navy was bub so we'll name the company Bub's Naturals as a tribute to Glenn and his way of life. And we were just like, wow, this feels so right. Taking the job with Burton felt so right. Like dropping out of college to become a snowboarder felt so right. And we took the idea for Bub's. And I called a bunch of Glenn's teammates. I called his mom and his sister and like his family. And I'm like, what do you guys think? Is this idea crazy? And they all came back with the exact same point of view. Glenn would kick your ass if you don't do this. So you have yeah. to. Yeah. And it was that validator. So it was scary as hell to reach into my savings account and see how little money I had start doing the research on build a business plan that was very loose. You know, the business plan in essence was buy some collagen, yeah. sell it on a website and Amazon, take the money from that and buy more collagen and just keep the cycle going. Um, and that was it. We, we launched, uh, you know, kind of the end of 2017. We had a very small little kind of 
let's put this thing on the website and Amazon and see what happens. And along the way, there was a ton of learning throughout that year of like, who are the best suppliers? Like, where do you get the best quality? How do you accreditate and test to make sure that you're putting out the best product you can on the market? And, And that was a ton of learning over the last several years to make sure we get there. Um, and, you know, be able to differentiate yourself from everybody else in a substantial, meaningful way and, and do the thing, man, learn, yeah. learn a boatload of lessons. Well, let me ask you this. Cause I, and I think probably, I don't know if everyone's that's listening in is thinking about this, but I, I sure the hell know I am is we all have those moments, the ideation, the excitement, you're sitting there, you're like, we're doing this, whatever. And then the next day comes <laughs> and you don't do it. Right. So could you think back to that moment? Like, yes, you had some, you know, obviously some of the family and friends that were like, go for it. You had that encouragement, but how did you keep the momentum going after the wear off of, Hey, this is an idea. This is pretty cool. Like to your point, I had to dip my savings. You have to have to figure out where do we get collagen from? How do we sell this thing? Were there any things you've learned along the way, maybe in even the first, let's say four to six months, that could have halted you in your tracks, but ultimately ended up, uh, you know, getting over the hurdle. A ton. Um, absolutely. Like every logical voice in your head would say, are you fucking crazy? Don't do this. You're 45 years old. You have a small child. You should be typing your resume and getting a very secure job and benefits in a package so that you can provide for your family. That That's the logical brain. The logical brain isn't reach into your savings, take a massive life risk and see what happens. But when that, when those two, you know, sides of the scale are being laid out and you're sort of looking at this, this secure route to go, and then you're, you're completely unattracted to that, right? It's, it might be the safest thing to do, but, but you look at that and you're like, I'm going to die inside if I do that. Like something in me is not going to be fulfilled doing that. But if I go this route and I really apply myself, it's viable. Well, the industry is viable, right? Collagen is growing. People don't know what it is. They still don't today in 2022. It's still buzzword. It's, it's new. It's unknown. And I look at it. I'm like every runner in the country, every surfer snowboarder mountain biker every crossfitter every athlete should be using this product hell anyone over the age of 25 should be using this product but that requires a lot of education and conditioning to get to right Right. well then there's learning about collagen in the first place so the opportunity was there in terms of growth like collagen was growing so the, the charts are trending in the right direction the the efficacy of the product, right? It truly works. Like I'm the human experiment sitting here promising you that if you take this, it'll change your life. Like this stuff works so well. Okay. Well, I want to share that. I want other people to move well and be flexible and recover better and, you know, be able to, to remove the friction points that are, that are aging us all get out there and go do something awesome. That's what I want to do. I want to go surf and I don't want my, aging body to tell me I can't do that. That that's no good. And that philosophy is very in line with who Glenn was like adventure seeking, having fun, going and doing great things. So tying this back to the earlier point, 
this is where you take the inspiration and that passion and you feed off it every single day. You reach into that when adversity hits and you lean on that to, to get you through. Hey, you have a problem? Cool. Find a solution. Not you have a problem, don't do this, go type your resume and, and take the regular job. Learn the college and space. Learn who the best suppliers are. Learn who the great partners are to have there. Sift through and use your past learnings from past careers to, to do it right. And it didn't happen overnight. It, it's taken years. But those opportunities for growth have been present all along this journey. And I think, you know, there's no reason to be complacent. Like, go out there and learn something new. So I had to learn about supply chain. I never knew about supply chain. I was a marketing guy. You know, I was, I was out doing athlete contracts and signing deals. <laughs> like right. I never knew what, I didn't ever had to worry about what the cost of goods were, but you have to. How did the, uh, how did the conversation go with your wife when you said, Hey, we're, I'm doing this. <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting. So my wife's a news reporter and, and she's on our, a local Fox affiliate here in San Diego. And sometimes she goes national and gets all these cool jobs. And she like goes to all the cool restaurant openings and, she was very steady and always has been in her career. She's been a news reporter for 13 years. And I've never, in the time that we started dating, I had my own agency. I had these independent contracts. So she's watched me in a lot of varied roles. And she recognizes, like, I thrive off the stimulus of variety. Mm-hmm. And so when this happened, there was enough passion in my eyes and she could tell how much I believed in this that she believed in it and you know I think you need that good support if you if you want to start your own business and your spouse isn't on board forget it you you need to be on the same team and she was amazingly supportive of this vision to do this and she loved Glenn like she loved what he stood for so she she believed in it and she's been a great litmus test for everything like hey this is what Glenn would do this is right. This is true. This is good for the brand. Um, so I've always had her on the team and, and it took some, you know, some discussions. Hey, if we do this, like, you know, we can live for 18 months without me really having to worry. But if we haven't made it by X date, we got to call it. Yeah. Um, and we had that, we had about 18 months to figure it out before we had to start paying ourselves or we we're going to need to go out and get, get jobs. So you know, yeah, I didn't know if you, uh, if, if, if you're, if you were like, Hey, so remember that stuff you told me to start taking, um, I'm going to actually start a company, about, you know, if that was the, uh, if that was part of the conversation. But, oh, it was yeah. absolutely. She was like, uh, okay, shit, maybe I shouldn't have brought that stuff home. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, I mean, that's, that was part of, that was part of the journey, quite frankly, was like, you know, creating a relationship that had an openness. We, had, we created a relationship that had the openness to explore new things. And, you know, this was my new thing. And so right now we're in a different space. Right now, you know, Bubs is up and running and we're, we're moving forward and we're, we're seeing the growth and we're, 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 we're starting to be a little bit more organized about how, how we apply ourselves in the business. And I'm looking at her now saying, you're next. You know, what's the evolution on your career? Where do you want to go? Where do you want to take it and start create that empowerment 
Um, and that's, I think a good relationship is always going to be able to do that together. Like you're supportive of each other's goals and dreams and yeah. it doesn't have to be professional. It could be personal, but whatever it is, you, you have to be there for your partner. Yeah. hundred percent agree. I think the respect is huge. It's, you might not, you know, agree on everything or might not like similar things, but if you have a respect level that, Hey, this is, this is what they want to do. I'm going to trust that, you know, it gives that yeah. opportunity to grow for, for sure. Yeah. And um, when I take off for a couple of days on a snowboard trip, you know, trust me that, you know, <laughs> it, it's known. Yes. The footprint is felt. <laughs> um, what, uh, so let me ask you this. We'll kind of get out of here. I, I've kind of had such a good conversation, just kind of, uh, random on a few different things. Um, what would you encourage? So let's say someone else is out there and they're listening through this and they're, they're in that ideation stage or, you know, they're kind of thinking through some early stages. Is there, you know, one, maybe it could be a couple different points you would encourage them to look at uh, maybe some things that they're not thinking about in terms of starting a business or getting, you know, into the throes of a business. Yeah. You know, I, I think one lean on your passions you have to believe in what you're doing. And if you don't have that and you're sort of looking at it saying, I want to start a business and, you know, I think it's a great opportunity to sell sunglasses and I wear sunglasses. So why not? Mm -hmm. That might not be enough. So think deeply about not just the opportunity, but like where you're at in your heart. Now, if it's, I'm going to solve a problem, that's always a great place to start. I've identified a problem in the world and I have a solution for that problem. And I think that's a scalable solution. That's a really great litmus test to put yourself through. And I, I'm no MBA. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt, but also is it viable, right? So if you've got a solution for a problem that nobody has, it might be a very, very niche solution. That's not really scalable, but if you see something that you can take out into the world and that is scalable, even if it's niche, but it's, it can be profitable. It can be a viable business. It could be a lifestyle business. Hey man, let it rip. Um, because you, you're going to have a different, better way of doing it. And if you can be passionate about that, then every time you're hit with the adversities, supply chain issues, cost increases, customer acquisition, you name it. They're out there. Those challenges are going to happen. You are going to get punched in the face over and over and over and over again. And if you have enough here and that opportunity is strong enough, you'll then have the energy and ability to get up off the ground after you've been punched and get back into the fight over and over again. And you need that. And if you don't think you have that, you're going to learn it real quick because it's going to happen. There's no such thing as smooth sailing. You just start a business, especially if you're bootstrapping it like we did and go, yeah, we're just going to float our way along here and we'll never have any hiccups. And our customer acquisition costs are always going to be gravy. And, you know, there's no such thing as iOS 14 or whatever your problems are going to be. And, you know, you're, you're going to get hit with it. So make sure you're strong here. What's uh, what are you guys excited? So obviously, you know, looking through the website a little bit, you have more than just the collagen, you know, you've kind of expanded to some other products. So what's kind of the, what are you excited about? What's the next steps? What's so, the so we have, we have an MCT oil powder. Uh, so it's kind of like your non-dairy creamer. I, I love it in my coffee. It's mental focus, it's energy, 
And it's, it's all based on coconut oil. So MCT oils, medium chain triglycerides. Now, now, is there a difference? Sorry to interrupt. Is there a difference between, so I used to take, and I probably should take it again, is the MCT oil, is the powder different than the liquid form or is it the same pretty much? Yes. Uh, it's actually, it's a, there's a great difference there. So oil is messy. Oil doesn't taste good. When you take MCT oil and spray it into powder, in our case, we use tapioca starch. So it's keto friendly, it's paleo friendly, and it's delicious. It's got like its own natural little almost sweetness to it. Hmm. It makes this really neat, flavorful non-dairy creamer in your coffee. So you just, I use that as that creamer element. Hmm. It's delicious. And that that product complements your coffee. So it's already in your, in your daily routine. And so the collagen and the MCT, boom, go in your coffee and you're the happiest guy in the world. Then, and you get all those functional benefits. Uh, we also have an apple cider vinegar gummy. So that's, but it's a newer product for us, like dabbling into the gummies. Cause we look at collagen gummies and greens gummies and some other areas of opportunity. Um, I think the thing we're the most excited about is we have a very fun lens on hydration coming mm -hmm. out soon. So in the next couple of months, we're rolling into a great functional hydration. So I, we use coconut water powder, so evaporated coconut water. So again, cows and coconuts is kind of where we live, collagen yeah. and cows, right. and then the coconuts for the MCT and now our hydration product. And we've added a great mineral salt to that evaporated coconut water and you get over 1300 milligrams of functioning electrolytes per serving and i really wanted to create one where hey you don't need to take three or four a day you could take one in conjunction with your activity or your hangover or whatever's going on in your life right. and it's going to be the cleanest ingredients that you can get like you're going to pick up a product that has four ingredients on it and when you pick up a hydration product and read the ingredient list on the back there's a lot of shit in there yeah. and I don't need to mask any flavors or hide it because it's delicious already on its own. So we're launching into that. Um, we'll be NSF certifying it for sport. Um, we will be evolving it into an organic product. So USDA organic, like I can't wait. It's going to be and a very, very fun journey on the hydration front. And I've learned so much about the need for hydration mm -hmm. and you don't have to be an athlete to tap the benefits of hydration just just you're living your life every day you need some good hydration and and this is just one of those like powders you put in like a glass of water type thing is that right that's it like literally like take a jug of water yeah. throw your electrolytes into the water and you are going to be feeling good awesome yeah well, this is a lot of fun um where can everyone check out bub's naturals where's the best spot to say hello to you online yeah. So our, our Instagram is at Bubs Naturals. That's the direct line in to come in and say hi. Um, our website also, we actually operate live humans on the website to actually speak with people. So I'm a big fan of customer engagement and chatting with folks and like creating more of a community. Uh, and then our website is just bubsnaturals.com. Uh, folks love their Amazon Prime and Amazon's Choice and all the Amazon things. So we're, of course, present on all of those. Just search Bubs Naturals. Uh, that's B-U-B-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S. -S. And uh, let it rip. I, I can't wait to meet some of the folks out there. Now, so last thing, are you uh, officially signing up for the CrossFit Open? Am I going to be able to search for you on the website and, uh, and see if I can beat your time? Uh, yes, you absolutely can. And listen, if you can't, 
man, you got some problems with you. Cause I get to be on like, I'm on like the third tier of the masters. Oh, now. you're okay. Great. I'm in the so, 34 to 39 age. Uh, I think that is technically the masters. I Maybe. think your first round of masters. Congratulations. Jeez. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. I'm excited to get in there. So uh, it should yep. be fun. I, I get to be in the 50 to 54 bracket. So Hey, I don't think it. I don't think I guess I don't get a I don't get any kind of easier workouts though. I think they save that. You got to be like sixty to get like five pounds off your weights or something. But yeah, I don't care. It'll be fun. I, I'm looking forward to the announcement. And uh, you know, I've got a great gym down here in San Diego, so it's a fun community. Everyone's rallying for the signups, and now I know I got to get on it. Yeah, man. Well, this is a lot of fun, dude. I, I appreciate you coming on, sharing your journey, and uh, I know everyone took a lot away from this. So uh, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch up soon. Take care. Hey, everyone. Just one more quick thing before you skip along in your day. You know, if you do enjoy this content or other things that I've put out or just enjoy learning more and trying to adapt your thinking uh, to become happier each and every day, there's a couple of things that you may benefit from. Um, if you go to my website, brianandreco.com forward slash subscribe, you can sign up for my newsletter that goes out once a week. And that's really a digest of a lot of information that I gather throughout the weeks, whether it's a new video that I think could be informative or a podcast that's been valuable to me, book that I might read, etc. Um, secondly, I blog three times a week, and these are more micro blogs, one to five minute reads, short digestible blogs that'll send right to your inbox on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning. So check that out on my website, brianandreco.com forward slash subscribe if you think it's something you might enjoy. I hope you all have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Mm-hmm.